Welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. I'm your host, John Lovering. On this track, one of my favorite comedy shows, The Life of Riley, which aired on both radio and television, featured a very comical character by the name of Chester A. Riley, played by a very talented character actor, Mr. William Bendix. Now, the very first show aired on CBS on April 12, 1941, and went off the air five months later. This original Life of Riley was not at all like the Life of Riley starring William Bendix that most people may remember. You see, the original show starred a stage actor by the name of Lionel Stander as J. Farnsworth Riley, a rather rough-around-the-edges man about town with a hat of gold. But the show simply didn't catch on, and it wasn't until January 16, 1944, with William Bendix cast as Chester A. Riley a hard hat riveter in a California aircraft plant that the show took off in popularity. Now, originally the concept of the show was to be called The Flotsam Family, and it was to star Groucho Marx. But the sponsors simply wouldn't accept Groucho as the head of a family. He was thought not to be believable. They tried Lionel Stander, and when that flopped, the producer, Irving Breacher, saw a film, McGurrens of Brooklyn, starring a rugged-looking, typical American blue-collar man, William Bendix. They gave Bendix an audition, and the rest was, as they say, history. From 1944 to 1951, Bendix played his role as Chester A. Riley, at the start on NBC Blue, which became ABC, and then from 1945 on, the show was heard on NBC with sponsors that included Procter & Gamble, Prell Shampoo, and Pabst Blue Ribbon Deer. Chester's wife, Peg, a rather long-suffering woman, was played by Paula Winslow. Conrad Binion and Sharon Douglas played the Riley children, Junior and Babs. There were several other characters that played these roles over the life of the show, but Bendix was always Chester A. Riley. The show was centered around real-life issues and problems, many financial, many involving repairs about the house, and problems with the kids, school, an occasional neighbor, all things the American listening public could identify with, and did. And that is why the show was so popular. One of Riley's phrases that became a national catchphrase was Chester's comment when things went bad. What a revolting development this is. Characters in the series were Jim Gillis and his wife Honeybee as Riley's neighbors, and the local undertaker by the name of Digger Odell, who was good for one walk-on per show, with an exchange with Riley that always included some black humor and undertaker jokes. The grass is always greener on the other fellow, Digger would say in a very sicky sweet baritone voice. Or he would say to Riley, you're looking fine, Riley. Very natural. Cheerio, I'd better be shoveling off. The Undertaker character was carefully scripted because death was not the usual topic for radio humor. But Digger caught on and was one of the most popular characters on the series. Actor John Brown played Digger Odell. One last bit of background. Though William Bendix was Riley on radio from 1944 to 1951, he was unable to get out of a prior contract commitment in time to do the first television show in 1949. And the series' first show opened on October 4, 1949 with Jackie Gleason playing the role of Chester A. Riley. The only member of the original cast that made it from the transition to television was John Brown as Digger Odell. Supporting TV actors with Gleason were Rosemary DeCamp, Lanny Rees, Gloria Winters. 
However, Gleason was an unacceptable Riley with the viewing audience, and the show went off the air on March 28, 1950. Bendix came back as Riley on January 2, 1953, and continued until August 22, 1958. Marjorie Reynolds plays Peg, Wesley Morgan as Junior, Eugene Sanders as Babs, Tom Andrea as Jim Gillis, and Digger Rodell did not appear in the Bendix series. As a sidelight, William Bendix, who was always said to look the age of 58, died on December 8, 1964, at the age of 58. Now, Heirloom Radio is proud to rebroadcast a February 17, 1950 episode of The Life of Riley entitled Peg the Waitress. Thank you for your time as you listen to Life of Riley on this podcast. It is much appreciated. You are awesome. So please come back. And now, here is The Life of Riley. Oh, it's the life of Riley when it's Pabst Blue Ribbon you drink. The finest beer served anywhere, so let the glasses clink. Oh, east or west or north or south, there's nothing like it at all. Yes, you're living the life of Riley when for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. When for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Finest beer served anywhere proudly presents The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. Friday afternoon usually finds Chester A. Riley a happy man indeed. And why not? His week's work is done, there's a holiday tomorrow. But best of all, his pockets are filled with the fruits of his labor. $59.20. Little wonder, then, that our hero is whistling a gay song as he strolls jauntily down the street, homeward bound. Pardon me, mister. Oh, yeah? Could you let me have a dime for a cup of coffee? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, thanks, mister. You're the first decent guy I met today. Everybody else says, beat it, you bummer, I'll call a cop. <laughs> Glad to help you out, pal. After all, we can't all be lucky. <laughs> Hey, Riley Oh, oh, do I know you? Jenkins, the Aorta Finance Company Oh, yeah The company with a heart <laughs> I was just coming around to see you uh, Here's the ten you loaned me Thanks And five dollars interest Five dollars f- f- for one week? Well, you see, the interest compounded oh, All right, all right, all right, I'll pay you here, but this is the last time I'll do business with you loan sharks. You get a guy by the throat and you never let go. I'm through with you forever. Okay. So long, Riley. So long. See you next week. Just a minute there, Riley. Uh, do I know you? Riley, you've been buying your meat from me for eight years. Oh, I, I didn't recognize you. Yeah, about this bill here, 1680. 1680? Yeah, over a month. Okay, I'll settle tomorrow when I get paid. Uh, While I'm here, give me a couple of pounds of steak. Not an ounce till you pay up. Oh, all right, here. Here's your money. Thank you, Mr. Riley. Now, if you'll come inside, I got a nice steak. Never mind the steak. Give me a couple of oxtails, long ones. Hey, Riley, wait a minute, Riley. Oh, it's you. What's the matter? Too proud to talk to your poor landlord, huh? <laughs> Here, here's a cigar for my favorite tenant. What are you so happy about? Did they decontrol rents already? Oh, 
is that a nice thing to say? Why do all my tenants hate me? After all, I've got to live, too. Why? <laughs> now, look, Riley. I try to be friendly, but if that's going to be your attitude, pay up the rent you owe. It ain't due till next month. This is last month's. You owe a balance of $30, and if you don't pay... All up, right, all right, all right. Here. Uh, all I got is... 10, 20, 25, 29, 50, 60 cents. 29, 60, and that's my last cent. Remember, Riley, next month's rent all right, is All right, all right, all right, you'll get it, you'll get it. The way you guys hound me, sometimes I feel like going home and hanging myself from the chandelier. You better not. I just plastered that ceiling. So long. <laughs> leeches, that's what they are, leeches. I get paid 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, I'm cleaned out. Pardon me, mister. Could you let me have a little something for a cup of coffee? Oh, it's you again. Give me back my time. Beat it, your bum, before I call a cop. Oh, hello, dear. Hello, Peg. Did you get your pay today? Give me a chance to get in the house. My back pocket's still on the porch, and that's where my pay envelope is. Well, my goodness, don't get so excited. Well, you don't have to nag me. You always get it. Here. And consider yourself lucky. It ain't every husband hands his wife the pay envelope the minute he steps into the house. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I, I really didn't mean... It's empty. Well, don't look at me like that. I didn't gamble it away. Where's the money? I started paying off bills the minute I stepped out of the plant. They're all waiting for me like a bunch of vultures. The landlord, the butcher, the loan shark, and, and even a conniving bum swindled me out of my last dime. You mean to say you're, you're broke? Well, not exactly. I forced that bum to give me back a nickel. Oh, Riley, what'll we do? We owe the gas company, the, the light bill's overdue. We got our final notice from the phone company. They're going to disconnect the phone. Good, then the grocer won't be able to phone us. We'll just have to borrow. Oh, every week it's the same thing. We'll never get out of debt. We'll just have to cut down somewhere. Where? You'll have to stop spending so much on personal luxuries. Well, you're a fine one to talk. I haven't bought myself anything in over a year. Well, don't look at me. I haven't bought you anything either. <laughs> Hi, Mother. Oh, hello, Hi, Daddy. Pop. Hi, Mom. Hey, today's payday. Uh, give me Daddy, please. You owe me three weeks' allowance, Pop. Two more vultures. Give me, give me, give me. That's all those kids know. Well, you promised you'd pay me what you owed. Listen, it's time you kids realized I'm a guy who has to work for a living. I ain't a millionaire. I just can't go over to a bank and help myself. You help yourself to my bank. You took $3 last week. <laughs> You'll get back every cent I ever took out of your piggy bank with interest. You're always saying that. Yeah, and I mean it, too. Here. There, now, are you satisfied? It's only a nickel. That's the interest. <laughs> no wonder we're always broke. Your children act like their old man is Rockefeller. Now, don't blame the kids. Well, then who's to blame? Me, I suppose. That's right, I'm a failure. I'm no good. I can't support my family. Oh, stop it. You're not a failure. I am so. Ten years I worked for that Stevenson. What have I got to show for it? Well, I ain't going to go on like this. I'm going to make that Stevenson give me a raise. Well, you've asked for raises before. Nothing happened. Yeah, well, he'll come across this time. I'm going to trick him, bluff him. I'll tell him I got a job for more dough at Consolidated. And he better match their offer or else. La, la. La, la, la. 
Look, boss, I, I, I've been with you ten years Look, now. Riley, if it's about a raise... Oh, I... no, 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 nothing like that. I, I, I'd like your advice on, on a personal matter. Oh, certainly, Riley. What's the problem? Well, uh, the, the fact is I, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I got an offer of a job at Consolidated. Oh, you did? Yeah, and it pays ten a week more. Ten, huh? Yeah, I hate leaving you after all these years, but... Of course, if you could match their offer... Ten, huh? That's a lot of money. Yeah, sure is. I never expected anything like this. Uh, well, might as well call up the cashier and give him the bad news, huh, boss? Well, you leave me no alternative. Yes, Mr. Stevenson? Miss Friedman, notify the cashier that Riley is leaving today. Oh, <laughs> thanks, boss. I knew that you... Wait a minute. No, you're not letting me go. Well, Riley, I wouldn't dream of standing in your way. Yeah, but, way. boss, I thought... Ten dollar raise is a lot of money. Well, I don't care about money. I'll stay with you for five more. Riley, I appreciate it. Three? Your this is a big opportunity. I'll stay for the old salary. Riley. I'll take a cut. You've got to think of your family. Yeah, no, but I love you more, oh, boss. No, no, let me work I for you. I don't I care about money. No, no please, Mr. Stevens. Listen to me, Take me back out Again. Drop in and see me yeah, once but, in a while. Good luck, Riley, and goodbye. Yeah, but, but listen, Mr. Stevens. Oh, what a revolting development this is. You didn't. You're joking. What? You must be joking. Yeah, sure. Pop's always kidding. I wish I was joking. You gave up a perfectly good job? But, Daddy, you said he'd never let you go. I told you how it happened. How could you do such a thing? Can I help it if Stevenson's too stupid to let me bluff him? Well, first thing tomorrow, you're going back to him. I, I can't do that, never. But you've got to, Daddy. He'll never take me back if he finds out I tricked him. Besides, I'll look like a fool. Well, how we live. It was tough enough when you were getting a paycheck every week. Well, we'll manage. I'll get a job. Well, that may take months. Yeah, well, there's unemployment insurance. How can we live on that? I'll borrow. Who'll lend well, you? Well, then I'll steal. <laughs> I'll rob a bank. I'll put on a Halloween mask and clean out Brinks. <laughs> I only hope they catch me. I'll tell him you drove me to it. I'm only out of work one day, and instead of encouraging me, you keep nagging at me. Oh, no. The only reason I got in this jam is because I wanted to make things easier for you and the kids. I, I, I'm sorry, dear. Well, I didn't mean to nag, but it, it's just that I'm worried. Well, we'll manage. Of course we will. You'll get another job. And in the meantime, I'll go to work. Now, wait a minute, Peg. I have an idea where I can get a job. Now, just a minute. And I can work part-time. Now, just a minute. So can I. Now, just a minute. No wife of mine is going to work to support me and neither of my kids. But just for a while, Till dear. you get a job. Not for a single day. But we're broke. Would you rather starve? Yes. Starvation I can stand, but I couldn't stand to lose my self-respect. I'd rather starve first. But Riley... Now, we'll talk about it after supper. Right now I'm so hungry I'm ready to pass out. <laughs> Perhaps Blue Ribbon will bring you the second act of the life of Riley in just a moment. Pabst Blue Ribbon, finest beer served anywhere. Prove it. Prove it to yourself. Prove it with your eyes. Prove it with your nose. Prove it with your taste. Yes, you can prove to yourself that Pabst Blue Ribbon is the finest beer served anywhere. Make the three-way experts test. Test number one. Look at the pure white creamy collar on a glass of Pabst Blue Ribbon. Note the sparkling clearness of the beer itself. It's light amber color. 
Test number two. Smell the fragrant bouquet that hovers over the glass. The inviting tang of hops and malt. No other beer in the entire world can match that aroma. Test number three. Taste that milder blue ribbon flavor as it flows across your tongue. Here is the perfect beer drinker's beer, the smoother taste no other beer can touch. Yes, make this three-way expert's test. And you'll understand why, wherever you go, you hear Pabst Blue Ribbon called Finest Beer Served Anywhere. You hear it everywhere, finest beer served anywhere. Thirty-three fine brews blended into one great beer. And now back to The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley with Paula Winslow and John Brown. Having lost his job after ten years, we find a weary, despondent Riley still pounding the pavement in search of employment. Hi there, Riley. Oh, hi, Gillis. I was just over to your house. I was out all day looking for a job. Oh. Any luck, pal? Uh, things are getting tough. You sure was a jerk to give up a good job. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. I don't want to hear about it. I heard enough from Peg and the kids. Well, so long, I'm, I'm going to need supper. Oh, your wife ain't home. She ain't? How do you know? I was just in there looking for you. The kids ain't home either. Oh, well, maybe they're in the backyard. Nope, I looked there. Nobody, well, it was supper time. Maybe Peg left something in the icebox for me. No, she didn't. I looked in there, too. <laughs> well, that's fine. I walk my feet off all day looking for work. I come home, nobody's there. They probably went to a movie. A fat lot they care if we're broke. Don't even leave me a bite to eat in the place. Hey, wait a minute. I'm eating out tonight. Come on, I'll treat you to a meal. Oh, gee, thanks, Gillis. You're a real pal. I I'm broke. Yeah, there's a nice little place open up on Crenshaw. Let's go. Okay. Nice drink, huh, Riley? Yeah, yeah, it's very classy. Your waitresses, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I like that blonde one there. Uh, get a load of that red-headed one. Yeah, I go for the one over there. Yeah, well, which one is that? The blue uniform. She's got her back to us. Cute little figure, huh? Uh, <laughs> I've seen better. Oh, that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> From this angle, they all look good. <laughs> well, when she turns around. Well, watch her. Oh, waitress. I'll be right with you, sir. Yeah, you see what you do. Perk! <laughs> What are you doing here? Well, I, I work here. I started this morning. Didn't Babs tell you? Nobody told me. Nobody was home. I told the kids. Never that... mind that now. You, you put down that tray. Oh, now look, Riley. and get out of that ridiculous uniform. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, a woman your age wearing a tight dress like that. <laughs> People are staring. Yes, I'll bet they are. And no wife of mine is going to work in a joint where every evil-minded wolf in the neighborhood can come in and make cracks about her figure. Are you coming? We'll discuss this at home, sir. Now, look here, Peg, you... For Pete's sake, Riley, let's eat first. You'll talk about it after. Uh, I'll have the pot roast, Peg. Okay. And you, sir? I'll have the hamburger. And I want it rare, not burnt, like you make it at home. <laughs> What's the matter, Riley? You didn't eat nothing. Uh, how can I eat? How would you feel if your wife went to work to support you? I've been trying to get her to do it for years. <laughs> She's too smart for me. Well, I ain't made that way. My wife ain't gonna work. I I'll make her quit. Supposing she won't. Uh, well, I'll get her fired. 
That's what I'll do. Ah, don't be dumb, Riley. Look, Gillis, this is my business. You stay out of it. Okay, okay. Don't be so touchy. Uh, would you care for more coffee, gentlemen? No, thanks. Just the check, sweetheart. Who are you calling sweetheart? <laughs> don't get excited. I talk that way to all the waitresses. Here's your checks. Is this the kind of a job for a respectable married woman where every jerk can call you a sweetheart? Riley, please. Just a minute. Who's that jerk? Look, Gillis, I told you, stay out of this and keep your big mouth shut. <laughs> well, I don't have to sit here and take this. Give me my check. Here you are, there. Goodbye. <laughs> now look, Peg, I'm asking you for the last time, are you giving up this job? Oh, Riley, we've, we've got to be practical. I told you I won't take money from a woman. Are you coming home? Yes or no? No. Okay. Then I'll get you fired. Manager? Well, where's the manager? Riley, now stop it. You're making a fool of yourself. Where's the manager? Manager! What's the trouble, sir? Oh, are you the manager? Well, I want to make a complaint about this here waitress. This is the worst service I've ever had. Oh, I'm sorry, sir, but you see, she's new on the job. That's no excuse. The girl just started today. Girl, she's got a daughter, 17. <laughs> if you want my business in the future, you better fire her. Oh, come now. You wouldn't want me to do that to her. She's probably got a large family to support. Yeah, well, let her husband go to work. I mean... <laughs> I want that girl fired. If you don't fire her, I'm going to the head office. Oh, well, you don't have to do that, sir. She'll go, of course. Oh, Mr. Jenkins, I'm not this... interested in your excuses, Mrs. Riley. Report to the cashier at once. Oh. Well, that's more like it. Would you like more coffee, sir? Uh, no, no, thanks. Just the check. The gentleman's check. Uh, it's on the table. Oh, yeah. Well, let me see. It's a dollar, huh? I'll take your money, sir. Save you the trouble of going to the cashier. Oh, I, I have it right here. I, you... <laughs> you can go, Mrs. Riley. No, no, wait a minute, Peg. Don't go. What's the matter? Oh, well, you see, I, I, I left my wallet at home. Well... Well, you've got your nerve, you cheap bum, coming in here without a cent in your pocket, chiseling a meal and insulting one of my best waitresses. I'm calling the police. Watch him, Mrs. Riley. See that he doesn't get away. Peg, Peg, let me have a dollar quick. Chester Riley, you're a beast. Peg, he's calling the cops. Let him. I hope they give you six months. Peg, save <laughs> the kids. You want their father to go to jail? It's what you deserve. No, please, Peg, give me a dollar. Oh, I thought you said you don't take money from a woman. Well, I'll never say it again. <laughs> Give me the dollar, I'll let you support me the rest of my life. <laughs> if it weren't for the kids, I'd... Oh, here's your dollar. Uh, thanks, Dumplin. Uh, give me another nickel. Huh? What for? The check's only a dollar. Well, I'm no cheapskate. I always leave a tip. <laughs> What a mess I must have walked miles today There's just no jobs Oh, oh here's Digger O'Dell's place I think I'll drop in there for a while Where's his bell? Oh, here Yes. Oh, it's you, Riley. What brings you to Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker? I uh, just passing by, Digger. C can I come in and sit down a bit? I'm dead. You are. 
In that case, come in and lie down. Oh, thanks, Digger. Stretch out. Make yourself comfortable. You'll find this couch very relaxing. Oh, oh this feels good. Here, uh, put this pillow under your head. Huh? Oh, yeah. thanks, Digger. Close your eyes. <sighs> Fold your hands. Oh, this feels fine. You look fine. Very natural. <laughs> I, I, I like to drop in here, Digger. It's, it's always so nice and peaceful. I, I feel like I left all my troubles behind me. That's true of all my visitors. <laughs> but they never stay very long. I, I'm, I'm out of a job, Digger, and Peg's working as a waitress. And, well, she, she's sore because I tried to get her fired. Won't even talk to me. Not a word. Digger, you have no idea what it feels like when you talk to a person and they don't answer you. I have no idea. Hmm. If you'll pardon the expression, you should live so long. Digger, I, I, I gotta get a job. Maybe you know of an opening. As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> but I don't think you'd like to fill it. But I'm desperate. You're dear. not that desperate. It's out of town. Oh. Oh, well, yeah, I, I guess I'm licked. Oh, Riley, why don't you ask your boss to give you your job back? Yeah, I guess I'll have to. They got me over a barrel. Yes, that's true, but it could be worse. We have a saying in our profession. I quote, Though your ship of dreams has foundered and crashed upon the rocks, though you may be over a barrel, give thanks you're not in a box. <laughs> oh, you sure cheered me up, Digger. Bully. Well, now I'd better be shoveling off. <laughs> you, Mom? Oh, hello, dear. Is your father home yet? Not yet. Say, Mom, the phone is disconnected. Well, I know, but I paid the bill during my lunch hour. They're sending a man over to connect it. Not so loud. Huh? Mr. Stevenson's in the living room. <gasps> Mr. Stevenson? Yeah, he wants to see Pop. Well, what about? I don't know. Oh, well, I better find out. Oh, uh, well, hello, Mr. Stevenson. Hello, Mrs. Riley. Where's that husband of yours? Oh, he should be home any minute. Uh, what is it you wanted to see him about? Well, I... Uh, I want him to come back. I, I've just got to have him back in the plant. Well, why did you let him leave in the first place if he's that valuable? Valuable? Who said he was valuable? <laughs> it's just that I was crazy enough to put him in charge of the tool room last week, and now nobody can find anything without him. <laughs> he's filed everything away in the wrong boxes. He's got the crowbars under K, the wrenches under R... He's got the bolts where the rivets should be, the rivets where the nuts should be. We can't find a nut without that nut, uh, your husband. Oh, well, I, I'm sure that Riley would be very Peg. happy. Oh, in here, Riley. Oh, uh, Peg, listen, I, I decided to... Mr. Stevenson. Hello, Riley. Dear, Mr. Stevenson wants you to come back. He does? He really does? Yes, Riley. Isn't that wonderful? 
Well, I don't know now, I guess. <laughs> now, Riley. What do you mean you don't know? Well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good over at Consolidated. <laughs> Riley. All right, so they gave you $10 more. But they'll be able to fire you any day when they get to know you. With me, you have a job for life. Why, Riley, you're part of the organization. <laughs> That's true, Riley. You better go back. Well, I don't know. $10 is a lot of money these days. Now, Riley, don't you try to, to... to Oh, all right. I'll give you $10 more. Oh, thank you, Mr. Stevenson. Isn't that wonderful, Riley? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Riley. I'm giving you the raise. What more do you want? Well, it's only fair that I should let Consolidated know. I, uh, I'll phone him up. Huh? Riley. Hang up that phone. Now, look, Riley, I'm willing to pay you what you're getting. That's fair enough, isn't it? Riley, hang up. Uh, hello? Chief? Uh, Riley talking. I'm glad I caught you in the office. I got bad news for you, Chief. Yeah, afraid I'll be leaving you. Well, Stevenson's willing to match your offer. What's that? You're willing to give me five more a week? <laughs> this is blackmail. I won't do it. You can stay where you are. I will not take... I'm... Oh, all right, all right. I'll, I'll give you the extra five. Uh, sorry, Chief, but I've got to go back to Stevenson. That money ain't everything, you know. Loyalty counts for something, too. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> okay, boss, I'm glad to be back in the organization. Hey, Pop, there's a man here. I'm from the phone company. I'm here to connect the phone. <laughs> phone? Must be some mistake. The phone's okay. Oh, it's been disconnected all day. Oh, it has, has it? <laughs> but it can't be. I, I just spoke to a guy at Consolidated over in Burbank. If you did, you must have a great pair of lungs. <laughs> it's only fair to let Consolidated know, all right? Now, now look, Mr. Stevenson. I, You're I, afraid you'll be leaving. Well, you right? see, boss, I... You report for work tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Not for $75, not for $70, but for $59.20, your old salary. And consider yourself lucky. Yes, sir. Yes, boss, I consider me very lucky. Goodbye. Goodbye, boy. <laughs> uh, well, well, why don't you say it? Go ahead, call me an idiot. Say it. Chester Riley, you, you, oh... What's the use? I've said it a thousand times. What am I going to do with you? You ought to haul off and let me have it. <laughs> I deserve it. Go on, hit me. Go on, I won't hit you back. Go on, let me have it. All right. Here. You, you kissed me. You kissed me. Oh, Peg, you're a bigger idiot than I am. <laughs> Just a moment, Riley will return. When you are shopping tomorrow morning for your weekend supply of Pabst Blue Ribbon, be sure to ask your dealer to show you the new Handy Six carton. It's a compact little case that holds six regular-sized cans of Pabst Blue Ribbon. You'll find this Handy Six mighty convenient to carry. And remember what it contains, the finest beer served anywhere. Peg. Peg. Huh? What's the matter? Plenty. I just found out why we never have any money. 
And why is that? Because the government has been jipping me for the last 10 years. What are you talking about? I've been paying taxes every year for 10 years. Well, of course you pay taxes. Yeah, but I was talking to a guy at the plant. You know him, Gene Waldeck. He makes the same dough I do, and he never pays a cent in taxes. Yes, but he's got nine children, and he's entitled to a deduction for each one. So naturally, he doesn't have to pay. We've only got two kids. You mean the more kids... Now she tells me. <laughs> say, uh, say, Mr. Wallington, I've been thinking about that three-way expert test you make with Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. Well, what about it, Riley? Well, it should be a four-way expert's test. Yeah, how so? Well, first you look at the creamy white collar and that light amber color of the beer. Yes. Next, you take a sniff. And you get that nice aroma. The inviting tang of hops and malt. That's right. Then test number three, you taste it. And you feel that nice, smooth, Pabst Blue Ribbon flavor rolling around on your tongue. Well, okay, what's the fourth test? Well, you look at the label and you read those words, Pabst Blue Ribbon. And you say to yourself, I'm drinking the finest beer served anywhere. Oh, it's the life of Riley when it's Pabst Blue Ribbon you drink. The finest beer served anywhere, so let the glasses clink. Oh, east or west or north or south, there's nothing like it at all. Yes, you're living the life of Riley when for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. When for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. Pabst Blue Ribbon invites you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker by arrangement with Universal International Pictures, now releasing Francis, starring Donald O'Connor and Patricia Medina. Tonight's script is by Alan Lipskitt and Reuben Ship. Music by Lou Kozloff. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. Babs is Barbara Eiler. Junior is Bobby Ellis. Alan Reed is Mr. Stevenson. Others in the cast were Sid Tomac and Stanley Waxman. Consult your local paper for the correct time of The Life of Riley show on television over NBC each week. Life of Riley is brought to you by the Pabst Brewing Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Newark, New Jersey, and Peoria, Illinois, and sent your way with the best wishes of Pabst Blue Ribbon dealers from coast to coast. Jimmy Wallington speaks. Next, Bill Stern and the Sports Newsreel with Sonia Henney on NBC.